Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is the start of a series. Today, we're going to be talking about the difference between a creed and an affirmation of faith. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. All right, let's start with some definitions, because you may have heard of the term creed and Mm -hmm. affirmation, but let's get to some specifics. Absolutely. And I think that some folks may not even know what it is that we're talking about for folks who don't participate in a regular worship service. Quite possibly. Or who attend a congregation that doesn't necessarily follow a creedal template. Okay. I know that creeds and affirmations of faith are not common in kind of the evangelical world and maybe even in the Baptist and some of the big denominations around us. These are a part of mainline denominations. Mm -hmm. So you will hear these in... Roman Catholic, oh, definitely. At one point, Lutheran. I actually had memorized a few of them. Absolutely. So what it is, a creed, we have three in okay. the ELCA in our denomination that are recognized. And then affirmations of faith are everything other than those. Oh, nice. So a catch-all. Yeah, totally. And what this is, is the opportunity to say what it is we believe in a nutshell. Okay. Basic theological concepts written out, and these are the basic understandings of what we mean by saying we are Christian people, this is what it means to be a Christian person. Okay. So let's start with creed. Sure. Okay. What is a creed and who's written it? So a creed is a succinct statement of what we believe as Christian people. And the three that we profess in the ELCA are the Apostles, the Nicene, and the Athanasian Creed. Okay. They were all written at different times by different people for different purposes. Okay, which is why we're going to take a look at them each separately. Exactly. So we're going to do kind of cuppa podcasts. One or two of them might turn out a little longer than our normal cuppas, but we're going to do little podcasts on each of them to take a quick look at each of these different creeds. They are kind of the bedrock of our faith. We have a great big giant book called the Book of Concord Mm -hmm. that talks about all the things that we theologically believe to be true. The creeds are church universal. Okay. So the Book of Concord gives the Lutheran take on what the Apostles' Creed is. Okay. Or the Lutheran take on the Nicene Creed. Because you can hear... The Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed in either church on any given worship service. Right. You could hear it at the Roman Catholic Church. You could hear it at a Presbyterian. You could hear it at an Episcopalian. You could hear it at a Lutheran. But the Book of Concord is going to give the spin of that particular religion. Correct. The Book of Concord gives us the spin that Martin Luther and Melanchthon and the other Reformation writers in this flavor. Okay. What we think of it. And so it's like... The Bible is the basis on which everything we believe. Okay. The creeds, based on the scripture, what we believe and how we understand it. Okay. As to who God is. The creeds explain who we know God to be. Okay. So they're normally Trinitarian. Okay. They normally address all three parts of God. God the creator or father. God as Jesus or the redeemer. God as Holy Spirit the one who moves us, 
And so all three of those are kind of addressed. It also addresses things like communion Mm -hmm. and resurrection, and it all kind of gets smooshed into this thing that we say together, this thing that we profess. Okay. Is it something that is typically spoken together, or is it something that's read to you in the church service? Great question. It's something we profess together. Okay. We profess our faith in the words of the blah, blah, blah creed. Okay. And where then does the affirmation fall? How is it different? Great question. So affirmations of faith fall into the same spot of the liturgy that a creed would fall. Okay. So after the hymn of the day, but before the prayers of the people, Okay. the creed slash affirmation of faith spot fits right there. And it's kind of a pivot point as we head into away from the word towards the meal in our service. And affirmations of faith aren't as formal. Okay. They're not as formalized. So the apostles, the Nicene, and the Athanasian creeds have been around for centuries and literally centuries Mm -hmm. and are really formalized and well-known affirmations of faith. Specific words that you Mm -hmm. would memorize as a chunk as a whole. Okay. Absolutely. Affirmations of faith can be written in a modern voice okay, and are about affirming our faith as we understand it. And so you can write your own affirmation of faith. A very common exercise for confirmation programs for young students is to write your own affirmation of faith. Oh, interesting. Right. Who is God to you as the creator? Who is God to you as your redeemer? Who is God to you as your sanctifier and energizer? So you can write your own affirmation of faith. A community could write an affirmation of faith. And then they can be incorporated into worship in order to, sometimes it's just give a different perspective. Okay. Sometimes it's to freshen the language. It really depends on your context and how it is used. Affirmations of faith are not overseen by an interdenominational body. Now, they might be published in a book, but they might not be. They don't have to be agreed upon by a committee. Well, I mean, maybe your worship committee should agree. Sure. It, but they don't. They don't have to be agreed upon by a national body or an international body. Unlike these three dominant creeds that come from the church historic. Sure. Affirmations of faith are... We can call them much more loosey-goosey, if you wish. Is it a one or the other, or will you sometimes get a worship service that has both? One or the other. One or the other. Mm -hmm. What about a reaffirmation? Because I know this comes up with baptisms and whatnot, Mm -hmm. correct? So there's a difference between that. So an affirmation of baptism... Is different from an affirmation of faith. Okay. Yes. So an affirmation of baptism is when you are affirming what was done to you, oftentimes because we have infant baptism. Mm -hmm. Affirmation of baptism is something that's done as an adult. And you can do it as many times as you wish to say, what was done to me as an infant that I didn't say yes to myself, I say yes to now. And that's an affirmation of baptism. I affirm God's love for me, and I affirm this part of me within the church. Which is also a part of confirmation. And now I'm starting to get cyclical in my head that Mm -hmm. you would write your confirmation, affirmation of faith as a reaffirmation of your baptism. (laughs) And now my head hurts. (laughs) (laughs) Understandable. So a confirmation is what we used to call the confirmation program and the confirmation service is an affirmation of baptism. Okay. 
Which is different from an affirmation of faith. Exactly. Okay. Because an affirmation of faith is saying, this is what I believe, versus an affirmation of baptism, which is an affirmation of belonging. Okay. That works. Right? So they're different things, but they're part and parcel. Like when you're affirming your baptism, the Apostles' Creed is a part of that. Okay. It's spoken and it's used. And just like the Apostles' Creed is professed by the congregation at every baptism— because we are professing the faith into uh-huh. which we are baptizing this individual. Uh-huh. So the creed is a part of it. An affirmation of faith is a way to not call it a creed. Okay. But it's explaining what we believe our faith to be. Okay. Serving a similar purpose. Exactly. Okay. Just very different words with less historical weight upon it. Okay. So when would you use one versus the other? Mm, community preference. Yeah. Is really what it is. So there are some prescribed times when you might use the three different creeds. And there are accepted rubrics, accepted breakdowns as to when the three different creeds are used. Okay. Beyond that, you can choose to use an affirmation of faith as it suits your congregation. Okay. So it's a decision made by a worship committee or a worship team, hopefully, or by your pastor okay. as they set the liturgy. It's also something that doesn't have to be done every single Sunday. Either one. Either one of them. Huh. It can be pulled for any Sunday. It's a good practice to have it in regularly and consistently, but it's not a requirement. Okay. When would you pull it? That's really up to the community that is planning worship. Okay. So maybe I'll pull it for a season because I want to focus on a different element that we don't normally use within the liturgy. Oh, interesting. Or I want to, maybe I want to put in corporate affirmation of baptism at the beginning of every service for an entire season. And I'm going to take the creed or the affirmation of faith out. And I'm going to focus us really in on baptism for that season. And that might just be a time thing, like how long your worship services are. Do people really notice this thing? Because I'm going to be honest... I don't. (laughs) Some people do. Most people don't. Okay. And sometimes when I'm making choices like this, I know that most people won't notice it or they wouldn't be able to put their finger on it. Oh, that's fair. But they notice something's missing. So like for all of the season of Lent, we had started to have the congregation shout out their joys Mm -hmm. and their praises during the prayers of the people. And during Lent, we stopped that practice And we incorporated intentional silence into the prayers of the people. Mm. Most people wouldn't be able to articulate what changed, but it definitely had a shift and a change in how the prayers of the people happened. And it was five weeks in before someone came and asked me about it. Well, it's kind of a tonal shift for the whole thing, right? Totally. It was intentional. And pulling a creed and focusing us elsewhere can be exactly that, can be a tonal shift. Okay. In the same way that having confession and forgiveness versus having an affirmation of baptism starts your service in a different light. Okay. And can be that tonal shift. Maybe I'll pull the creed out and I'll intentionally put in a big, long Eucharistic prayer Mm. and really up the ante on how formal the table presentation is. Okay. So there's lots of different ways that you can tweak a service to have it focus more in some areas than in other areas. Are there certain times a year you're more inclined to do that? 
Absolutely. Okay. And certain times of year where I'd rather go with an affirmation of faith and be really low church and put it in the language of the people and have it be less formal. And other times where I want us to dig into that deep root structure okay. of where we come from and how connected we are to millions of people over thousands of years. And so I want that Apostles' Creed in there. Sure. Okay, before we get to our last question, let mm-hmm. me ask you this. If you were interested to go looking at them, yeah. where would you find them? Well, the Apostles and the Nicene Creed, you can, well, and even the Athanasian, you can find all of those on Wikipedia. Oh, sure. And if you have the current kind of cranberry-colored ELW hymnal, mm-hmm. if you're a Lutheran, you can find the Apostles and the Nicene, I think it's around page 94. I okay. just looked it up. It's the only reason I know. I think that's about the number. But the Athanasian Creed, you'll have to go back to the green hymnal, back to the LBW. They okay. didn't print the Athanasian in our current hymnal, which I think is interesting. We'll talk more about that in Are our next in podcast. Are they too, or just the hymnals? Nope, just the hymnals. Okay. And as far as affirmations of faith go, you can find them in lots of different places. You can Google some. You can look up worship resources. Okay. I would recommend taking a look at somewhere like the New Zealand Prayer Book. It has some really awesome things to it. Ruth Duck's work is really solid. She's an excellent, excellent writer for corporate voices. Okay. If you want to write your own for corporate speaking, which means for lots of people to say together, she has great tips on how to do that. So I highly recommend it. Because it does make a difference when you're all reading it out together. It makes a huge difference. Phrasing is key. (laughs) Phrasing is key. What words you use, using multisyllabic words Mm -hmm. in a group is really hard. Mm -hmm. And so she talks about how to do it well. And she writes quite a few affirmations that are very well done and easy to say as a group. We aren't going to do a podcast specifically on affirmations of faith. So I wanted to say you can find them in lots of places. You can write your own. I want to throw a caution out there. Okay. The ELCA in general has a lot of conversation happening around this topic right now. Okay. Especially back at Churchwide around people using something other than a creed, than one of the historic creeds. Okay. And people in more traditional settings not liking people using something other than historic creeds. Where I tend to draw my line is that I am comfortable with a congregation using something that's been in a publication. Okay. And so there are other communities that can also be using it. But when it's just my affirmation or my congregation's affirmation Mm -hmm. to use that regularly in the course of worship, I think can be dangerous. Interesting. Because I think that begins to isolate you from the overall body of God. And so I encourage folks, if you're using affirmations of faith, to either use it very intentionally that this is what we wrote together during our Lenten discipline and we're going to use it for this season of Easter And then we're going to retire it and we're going to go back to these creeds that are of the corporate body. Okay. Or we're going to use ones that have been published in books that many people of many churches from around the country can use to at least keep us somewhat connected. But to only use ones written by us for us, I think starts to counter the purpose of what creeds and affirmations of faith do, which is to connect us to the larger story of our Christian faith. There's an inclusivity that you get. And a grounding and a connectivity to the overall body of Christ that I think is really, really important. 
And so while I love affirmations of faith for the ability to put it into language that people can really encounter in some new and fresh ways, I just want to put that caution out there sure. to watch that it doesn't make you insular, but, but keeps you connected to the larger church. So that's the only caveat I want to put on affirmations of faith as we go forward, because we're not going to do a separate little piece on that one. No, but that's going to be a very solid lead into my last question of, okay. do you have a preference between the two? It really depends upon the Sunday. Depends Here, on the application? And the community. Here okay. in this community, there's a tradition, and a lot of different communities have lots of different worshiping tradition. There's a tradition that the Apostles' Creed is used on the first Sunday of every month. Oh, okay. When we also have the kneeling rails at the altar. Sure. So it's a more formal historical service. And the rest of the month is an affirmation of faith. Okay. I go back and forth with the Apostles and the Nicene Creed as to when to use them. So for Easter, I very specifically chose that we would do the Nicene Creed. Okay. And that was for that higher formality kind of a feel because it's the longer creed. Sure. So my preference is to pay attention to the context in which I'm in, to listening to the worshiping community, and then to make certain that it is connecting us to the overarching body of Christ and not isolating us. Excellent. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about creeds and affirmations of faith. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I, and I look forward to sharing a little bit more about these three historic creeds over the next three weeks. If you have comments, questions, thoughts, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to reach out to us at podcast.centralportland.org or leave us a message on Facebook. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.